You're listening to Spoken Bride, a podcast for Catholic brides and newlyweds chasing authentic love and divine romance. I'm your host, Andy Compton. Hi there, and thank you so much for joining me at Spoken Bride, a podcast for Catholic brides and newlyweds. I'm your host, Andy Compton, and today we're chatting with Emily Meyer, the podcast coordinator for Spoken Bride. She was recently married to her best friend, Patrick. She works in the youth ministry office for her parish in Florida. She's a lover of John Paul II, and she's starting her own business called Rose and Tartan Photography. And her wedding was completely derailed by COVID. Emily, how are you? I am doing well. How are you? <laughs> we're doing well. Like we're getting used to the, the, all the adjustments that have come on because of all the changes through COVID for school, for our family. So, so okay. yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to talk to you today about, yeah, plans just being changed by COVID. If you're listening and your wedding plans have been affected by COVID in any way, big or small, I want you to know that you're not alone. There are so many couples having to pivot right now and make just all kinds of unexpected decisions. But there's hope. You will be married. It may not go as you originally planned it, but God sees you. He loves you. And he has a plan for your marriage. I feel like this is a life lesson for all of us. And this is just one way that we're being reminded of, of God's providence and how God is in charge. So Emily, how, like, how did COVID affect your wedding? What were your original plans for your wedding? So as far as COVID affecting everything, it literally derailed everything. Uh, We ended up in a completely different location than we planned on being in. Like we literally had to redo everything, um, which was pretty rough because we were so excited about how we had it planned originally because we were supposed to get married on Memorial Day weekend. So May 23rd um, in Virginia. And we were actually going to have our wedding mass in the church at our college where we both went to school and he proposed in that chapel. So it really was a place of a lot of significance for us. Um, and then all of our college friends were going to be there. All of our family was coming. Um, and then we even had friends who canceled all their Memorial Day plans just to come and celebrate with us. Um, So we were literally going to have everybody (laughs) there. It was like a 250, 300 person guest list. Like it was huge. Um, And everybody was going to be there. And we were so excited. Um, I'm a big classical music person. Um, I've sang in choir my whole life. So I picked out, you know, all these gorgeous choral pieces and organ pieces for our wedding and learning how to get through, like, I'm not going to have a live choir at my wedding, you know, to sing this stuff um, was another tough blow, you know, that we had to go through. But the reception, originally we were going to do it at a professor friend of ours has a barn and beautiful property. Um, We were going to do it out there um, and we're very sentimental. So that was actually the place where we had our first kiss. So it was really special um, to get to have our wedding be at those places that really have meant so much to us on our journey um, as a couple. And our history professor, Dr. McGuire, um, was actually going to be the one to introduce us at the reception for the first time. Um, And he was really instrumental in the early stages of our relationship. Um, And even when we were just 
friends, we both would go like talk to him about the other person, just like, I really like this person, but I really don't know what to do. Like he was really there through like everything. So it was really just going to be a very like sentimental kind of wedding day, which for us was perfect because we're very sentimental. Um, but then COVID came along and all of that very quickly was no more. Um, and we had to pivot very quickly um, and try and figure out, you know, what are we going to do? Where can we do it? Can our families even travel to get there? And like, there was just so many unknowns with the whole thing um, that made it really difficult <laughs> trying to plan it the second time around. Wow. So when did you realize that things were going to have to change? Like how close was it to your original wedding date? I actually had gone the first weekend in March for a dress fitting. And at that point, everything was still looking okay. Um, and so my mom and I spent like four hours printing all of the invitations and everything. And we were going to mail them the next week. Um, and then it was within that like 10 day period between when I was home and I flew back to Virginia and then I went down to Florida to visit um, my husband for our anniversary and I got stuck in Florida. So I couldn't get back into Virginia to finish anything up or do anything. Um, and it was within that span of about two weeks around like St. Patrick's Day time when we realized it was going to have to change. Um, and then the governor in Virginia shut the state down until June 10th. So if we got married there, you, we could only have 10 people there, including us and the priest. And for us, that didn't even include all of our siblings and our parents. And that was kind of the deal breaker for us. Like we wanted our families to be there because we are the first ones and both of our families to get married. So it was a big deal. And we wanted everybody to be able to be there to take part in the day. Um, and so once we saw 10 person limit, we really didn't want anybody traveling into Virginia either, just mm -hmm. because of all the risk, you know, flying in airports and everything. Um, so we just ultimately decided that we were um, just for everybody's safety. Um, so we could actually have people there potentially, um, particularly our families um, there with us to celebrate um, that day. So that was really when we knew it was going to have to change. And like, it was a very hard decision to make um, because then you have to communicate that to everybody. Like it's not happening this day. And when we redo it, we're going to have a way condensed guest list. So some people aren't going to get invitations and it just, it was a whole big mess <laughs> in that span of just a couple weeks of making the decision and then having to quickly figure out, you know, what do I need to do right now to communicate to people? This is not happening. Cancel your reservations, your flights, like don't plan on coming because it's not happening that day. <laughs> um, so it just was all kinds of logistical questions immediately um, to make sure everybody knew <laughs> what was going on and trying to find a new date and everything else that naturally comes along with making that choice. So. Wow. How did, how did your guests react to the changes? They actually were incredibly understanding about the whole thing um, because a lot of people were going to travel in from out of state and they'd been asking questions as early as January um, when it started popping up in the States um, to see what were we doing? Were we still planning on going ahead? So we'd already had some um, actually made the decision. People were 
incredibly understanding and gracious um, and very supportive of us and still sent cards and presents. And they were very thoughtful, um, even though they couldn't physically be there. Um, and then, you know, on the actual day, we did a live stream of our wedding mass. Um, and so everybody who wasn't physically there was actually able to be there in part. Um, it happened even though thousands of miles away, most of them and couldn't get there. Wow. Praise God for their understanding. So what was your process for, for changing everything now that you were in Florida, your wedding was supposed to be in Virginia. How did you move everything down there? So that honestly was the hand of God all over that um, because we had been told like our file our marriage file with the diocese in Virginia had to transfer down and we still had a couple things to finish up. And we were really stressed that the file was not going to make it in time. Um, and obviously you can't get married without that file. So we were really nervous up until the end of May when our file got here. Um, but we just, God really had his hand on everything because the file went through smoothly um, and then when we started looking at dates, uh, my sister is in the army and she had some summer training that she had to be a part of. And the first date we looked at was in the middle of that and wasn't going to work. So then we had to quickly change plans again. <laughs> um, and then we settled on July 11th. Um, and as soon as we did, we'd already been talking with my husband's home parish down here in Florida um, where he was baptized and confirmed and has had all his sacraments at that church. Um, and they actually had that date open. And then we had talked to three or four different venues, like on such late notice, it was really hard <laughs> to find a place, but we actually found a beautiful venue right on the Bay um, in St. Augustine, Florida. And they happened to be open that day. And the photographer we wanted was, available that day and the DJ was available like literally every other weekend was booked except for that one and so God really had his hand on picking that date for us and helping us be able to get everything transferred down really quickly um, so we could focus on more of the little stuff that you're normally doing as you get closer to a wedding instead of redoing the big stuff like maybe two months ish till is about all the time we had really to redo everything um, by the time we got a date nailed down. So it was a little bit of a nightmare at the end, but <laughs> God really helped us get through getting it all moved here um, without a huge headache. Wow. How did, how did you yeah. and Patrick deal with all, all the changes going on, all the upsetting of plans and the relocate, yeah, relocating with you being in Florida? Like, how did you guys deal with everything? Yeah. So to be honest with you, it actually was pretty difficult <laughs> for quite a while um, because when I came down here, I got stuck. So I like literally had nowhere to go. Um, and he was already living here. So he had a place and all that good stuff. And so I actually was living with his family um, up until the wedding, which is not a typical situation. Um, but in all of that, you know, I got to know them a lot better, which really has been good for us now, you know, in the these first few weeks <laughs> that we've been married because um, I actually know his family a lot better typically than a lot of people would because I've lived in the same house with him for four months <laughs> right before the wedding. So that really was an interesting twist. Um, and then also not really having access to the sacraments 
during that whole period when we had to make that choice and then you're trying to pray and listen and refigure things out like that was very hard um, on both of us. And so we made a conscious effort to see each other every day and pray the rosary um, and just really try to be open and listening. And whenever we could, we would go down um, to adoration at the cathedral because that was one of the few parishes that actually had it open um, during all of the COVID stuff in March and April. Um, and so that actually was really helpful for us and really just staying grounded in our faith um, and leaning on that, you know, as our rock when our whole world's kind of got turned upside down overnight um, and you're trying to figure out, you know, how am I going to live with this? What am I going to do for work? Everything looks different now. Um, and how do you not let yourself freak out and just get in your own head? Because um, that can happen very easily. So those were things that really helped for us. Uh, knew we weren't going to have, you know, the wedding that we wanted in our eyes. Um, that really was hard for quite a while, um, even up until our actual, you know, date of May 23rd, like we both were really salty in those like days and weeks le leading up to it of, oh, this is how we planned and this isn't happening. But at the same time, like God brought so much beauty out of that um, and that he gave us time to really learn as a couple how to listen for his will when it doesn't look exactly how you think it's going to. Um, and later in life, I'm sure that's going to be something that's going to pop up, you know, again, um, in other situations and just having that lesson now, I think has been really good for us to just listen. And if you know, this is what God's asking of you, then he's going to take care of you no matter what everything else looks like. Like he's, he's going to take care of you, be happy. And so really a big lesson in all of that that we had to learn absolutely that's something i think each and every one of us no matter what our state in life it's that constant call to conversion constantly yes. placing ourselves at the feet of jesus trusting in him even no matter what the situation like when it's when it's just not what we expect yeah so, no, and it's it's so true and even like i didn't even realize this but after the wedding happened um i was talking with now my father-in-law and he was actually saying the date that we chose was actually about a week after um patrick's little brother was killed in a car accident four years ago um and it actually was about a week after and it was the day of his funeral that we had chosen for our wedding and i had no idea and so it just was beautiful to really think about like how he really actually got to be part of our day you know in a way that was really special having it the same day and like he was buried close. So we stopped there between mass and the reception to just take a few minutes, you know, and just pray. Um, and I thought that was really cool because it was after his brother was killed in the accident that Patrick and I actually got to be really close friends. So it really was a very cool, like kind of coming together of everything <laughs> in that sense that we were able to get married on that day. Um, when his brother partially is responsible, you know, for getting us together in the long run. So even though, you know, we thought May was going to be the day, like we really got a really special day, even though it wasn't, you know, what we planned in the first place. 
Wow, I'm seriously tearing up. That is such a beautiful way that his brother got to be, like, got to be incorporated into your wedding. That's, I hope he's praying for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. So then how was your wedding day? It was beautiful. Like, it was perfect. Like, I... I have no complaints at all. I don't know. The only thing I would change would be to like be able to have, you know, more of our friends with us. But I think that's kind of a common thing with all of the, you know, coronavirus brides and weddings right now um, is that, you know, you want to have everybody with you, but sometimes you can't. Um, and that really was the only thing. And that honestly didn't detract from the day that much um, because really the focus was on the sacrament itself in a way that I really haven't ever seen it like that at a wedding before, um, where that literally is the focal point of the whole day. And there's not a bunch of bells and whistles. There's not, you know, everybody's not focused on the decorations or on, you know, what does the program look like or little details, um, really just, went to the wind <laughs> and it really was just about the sacrament that was happening and then people being there to share in that joy with us um and like it literally was the wedding of our dreams even though we had no idea that's what it needed to look like <laughs> um it just it was absolutely beautiful um and i have no complaints no regrets no nothing <laughs> it was just wonderful that's incredible. Yeah. It seems like that there are a bunch of positives to this whole experience. Like you've mentioned so many things like bringing you and your husband's family closer together mm -hmm. that you ended up having just an amazing day with like things connecting to other things and that where you, where you could see the hand of God just like wrapping this up in a bow for you. Yeah, no, it's so true. And like with all the negatives that came with it, like the positives far outweigh any of the negative parts of it. Um, because we really like, there's so many people right now going through similar things um, that are only able to have people do a full reception or there's just so many things right now that people can't do just because of COVID. And so for us having to postpone it and redo it on two months, starting from scratch, <laughs> it just was incredible to just see how everything came together so quickly for a day that was beyond, you know, anything we could have expected or planned on our own. Like it just was incredible to watch how God just kind of took us and held us close to his heart and was like, here's what I want to do for you. And he just like, everything just fell in place. Um, and we literally could not have planned it better <laughs> on our own. Like, I'm so glad, you know, that we were able to have that experience and really just learn how to trust God in that way. Um, Cause most of the time life is so predictable and like, you know, what's going to happen day to day or next year. And everybody just knows, and it's very much taken for granted, you know, that all these things are going to happen in this particular way, or they're going to look a certain way. Um, and, right now i think a good you know lesson at least for us that we've taken out of it is like life might look different than how it has in the past or how it will in the future but just live in the present you know right now and put your trust in god and just don't let the devil rob your joy 
of you because it's so easy <laughs> for that to happen in these circumstances because you're isolated from people. You don't get to see people. And it's just like, it's very hard. You know, you can get in your own head and all that kind of stuff, but just really trust in God and with you because getting ready to get married and, you know, being married is, it's such a joyful and happy thing. And like, don't let the devil take that joy away, even if it's going to look different. Wow. That is so, that is so beautiful and wise. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah, you're welcome. But before we go, I've got a fun question though for every guest. What do you hope to be the patron saint of? Oh, um, oh, that's kind of a tricky question. Uh, there's so many things you know that I'd love to be a patron saint of, but I think the one that I would love the most um, would be able to be like the patron saint of like nannies for little kids because I was a nanny for a long time. And so that would be like, I think the thing that I'd want to be the patron saint of, because it takes, you know, really special people to be able to do that and to like be able to pray for all those people and, and help people that are in that situation. I would absolutely love that. <laughs> that is really interesting. I love it. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Emily, for sharing your story. And a big thank you to all of our listeners for spending time with us today. We'd love to pray for you. Please email us at hello at spokenbride.com with your prayer requests, especially if you're going through all of these changes. Bring us your intentions. We promise to pray for you. We will bring your intentions before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. We pray rosaries for you guys. Like, really, truly, we love you. You're a part of our community. God bless you, and I'll see you on the next episode.